Changing Lanes, the official podcast of BMW. Hello and a very warm welcome to this episode of Changing Lanes, the official podcast of BMW. My name is Nikki Shields. And I'm Jonathan Tilly. Now, today on the podcast, we are talking about... The BMW concept car, because we love concept cars, don't we? Yes, we love them. And if you were at the IAA, either virtually or live in person, surely you saw many different types of concept cars from all over the ranges and everywhere. But today we're going to be talking about BMW concept cars that are really super special. And, you know, we all know that a concept car, it's made to showcase new designs and technologies. And it's, I like to liken it to like a movie trailer that comes out before the actual full movie premieres, right? And concept cars, they give you that sneak peek that you're just dying to see what the future is going to look like and what it could be. But unlike movie trailers that turn into the movies, I mean, 99% of the time, right? Concept cars have one job and one job alone, to gauge customers' reactions to new and radical designs which may or may not be (laughs) mass-produced, right? Exactly. It's such an important part of the design process, isn't it? You know, and concept cars really can vary. You know, sometimes they are so radical. They're totally out there. And actually, what ends up being made, the car that is mass-produced, can look very different to the concept car. Mm -hmm. Or, conversely, they can actually be very, very similar. So it's always quite interesting to see what a car manufacturer does with the concept car. But ultimately, yeah, it is about gauging the public's, their initial response. What do they think of the concept car? And all of that feedback really then gets looked at in a huge amount of detail. And then you can move the design process on to the next stage. And and that can include everything from, you know, safety and regulatory compliance, the cost and and actually really just planning down into the granular detail to see if this can be mass produced Mm. sometime down the line, you know, usually relatively quickly, but sometimes it can be can be a few years down the line before we actually see it on our roads. But overall, uh, it's about that initial response from customers. And if it's not very good, well, then, of course, it's the opportunity for the car manufacturer to see what the customers did like, uh, take the good bits and uh, change the bad bits <laughs> or try again. <laughs> so it can be a bit of a hit or miss, really. But uh, it's fantastic. You know, we've seen some really groundbreaking and um, spectacular kind of breathtaking concept cars mm. over the decades. Exactly. And there are so many different concept cars out there. So which ones were the hits? Which ones were the misses? Or what were the hits inside one car and the misses inside another one? And, you know, concept cars that are a flash in the pan, that's not what we're talking about today. We are talking about the BMW concept cars that you should know about. There's been so many, but there are so many more specific ones that you should know about and for good reason too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we could go on and on talking about various concept cars. I mean, from this yeah. sort of from dreamy Malibu beach inspired sports activity coupes um, to sort of futuristic four doors that were really ahead of their time, which seems strange to think now. I've really enjoyed this journey of looking back at all the concept yeah. cars from past decades and thinking, hang on a minute, that doesn't look like a concept car at all. That's like a car that we see on our roads today. Yeah. So it is, it's a really interesting journey. So I think you're going to be excited about some of the models that we've picked. Exactly. And, you know, researching in the archives of the classic collection and and all that stuff, it's just packed with these little known concepts that most people don't know about, but they played a massively vital role in BMW classic history. And actually, in some cases, it even paved the way for styles to come literally decades later, like in the i3, the M1 and 
also the IX. Exactly, exactly, which I'm actually really excited, obviously excited about talking about her. <laughs> Such a fangirl, it's so sad. <laughs> if you haven't listened to Changing Names before, I am a big fan of the IX. But anyway, moving on quickly. <laughs> uh, so do listen to the rest of this episode because we are going to be talking about the most interesting, the weird, the wonderful, the beautiful and the most unique ideas ever to see the light of day from the BMW Classic Archives. Yes. All right, let's dive in and talk about two concept cars, the 2004 ICE and the 1996 ZBF 7 Series. So picture it. It's July 2021. BMW decided to lift the veil on two super special concept cars that had been kept secret from the public's eye, the BMW ICE and the BMW ZBF 7 Series. Now, these two concept cars, they were kept under lock and key for decades. Good reason, too, because they told a story of BMW engineering and design know-how of their respective eras. And now, July 2021, they were revealed for absolutely everyone to see. Let's start with the ICE. Now, what does the ICE stand for? Integrated Concept Engineering. Now, it was designed in 2004 by BMW Design Works in USA, or more specifically in California, but the actual running prototype was built by BMW itself in Munich, right? So the best way to describe this sturdy, sporty two-door coupe is as a sports activity coupe, SAC. Um, it's a multi-use compact vehicle, and it is perfect for the ins and outs of the breezy California Malibu beach lifestyle of the early 2000s, right? So just picture it. It's sitting on four large wheels, it combined the all-wheel drive train of the upcoming E70 X5 with the interior of a Z4 Roadster, and it was wrapped in a crossover-inspired design that slightly nudges and hints towards the contemporary iteration of the X4 series. Pretty cool, right? Now, if you look at the ICE today, there are elements that would be a massive hit today. I mean, it's sporty design and the interior that also camouflages a vehicle that could take you literally anywhere and everywhere that you want to go. It's pretty, but it's also a beast on the road. <laughs> Very much so. I love it. It's great to look back at. Um, and it, you know, it was such a sort of defining design um, that, you know, yeah. we can see inspiration of that in cars on our roads today. Now we're going to move on to the BMW Z. BF7 series from back in the 90s, 1996. And this had quite a sort of sophisticated vibe about it. It was more of a kind of luxury mm. limousine and it kind of hints heavily towards the future exclusivity and elegance of the 7 series. Now, ZBF, this stands for something in German. And uh, Jonathan, I'm going to throw it over to you <laughs> to just explain to us exactly what it stands for. <laughs> Sure thing. ZBF. Uh, the Z stands for Zukunftige. <laughs> B stands for obviously BMW. And F stands for Familia. So in total, the ZBF is the Zukunftige BMW Familia. That's a mouthful. Um, but translated into English, it is future BMW family. Ah, okay. Well, that makes sense. It's a concept car. It's going to be part of the family in the future. Exactly. Lovely. Exactly. Okay, look at that. Um, what I love, though, is that if you look at it, it has this huge grill, 
which who knew back in 1996 was going to be part of the design for all the BMWs on the road in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, again, is just a reminder of how much influence these concept cars have over future BMW cars. Now, it was a prototype and designed as one of a possible family of BMW sedans. Um, it was actually designed by a rather legendary designer, Yoji Nakashima, who worked on both the three and the five and the seven series. So, you know, really, really critical in BMW designed journey. Um, and the BMW ZBF introduced technologies and features that would really you know, make the seven series a hit, you know, back in sort of 1996, we didn't have these luxurious limousine cars. And it had things like a centrally located control element, kind of reminiscent of the iDrive controller mm -hmm. that we would see well, it was probably introduced, what, in 2001 in the E65. Um, it had things like mirror cameras and flush door handles. So it really was properly ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, and that large kidney grill really not too different on the ones that you'd see on the g11 and the g12 7 series luxury limousine today um maybe a concept not quite fit for its time but it was definitely a sign of things to come um and a, a pretty special car to look at even in today's terms exactly i absolutely love how you spoke about the grill way back when, when it was like a, a totally different grill and people were like, what is this? And now it's something that is just normal. Yeah, right? exactly. And it's, it's taken so much time for it to get there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I love about concept cars, that you take the good, you leave the rest, and then somewhere, somewhere down the line, it's just going to pop up and back. be something new. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, moving on to the next one from 1999, the BMW 2K2. Now, <laughs> I'm a dork. I love this. This really makes me smile. The 2K2 got its name from one of the most legendary BMWs ever built, the BMW uh -huh. 2002, nice. 2002, 2K2. I mean, come on. Like, that makes me smile. Two-door, four-seater sports sedan. I mean, it's representing a throwback to the BMW that precedes the 3 Series, right? It was supposed to launch in 2002, <clears throat> Very fitting for the name, right? Um, but it was a true exercise in engineers and designers working super fast in small teams to make it actually even possible for production. Now, new technologies were used, making the 2K2 really the first ever BMW to have its initial design and engineering phase carried out entirely by digital tools, which is so futuristic way back when in 2002, right? Including things like 3D forms and virtual design tools. So the creators began work two years before 1999 and 1997, just getting everything ready. They presented a feasible prototype just 18 months later, so super fast turnaround. And the goal was actually to build a prototype that could meet all of these relevant requirements to successfully build and sell this car, right? So it's looking like new millennium, it's happening, like here we go, but it got so close to being considered for serial production, but it never happened. And the prototype was never oh, given an E number. Yeah. Right? So that's a bit sad, right? Because all that work, all that hard work from the engineers and the design departments, and then it just never happened. But that's the thing, you know, like you said, Nikki, it's either hit or miss. And unfortunately, 
it didn't happen. I mean, if it did happen, the 2K2 would have been kind of like the one series coupe. It would have replaced the E46 and the E45 three series compact in the form of a more basic and lightweight car, but it never really got there. And, and its engine, I mean, the 2K2 had capacity to fit any of the smaller capacity BMW engines from 1.8 to 2.2 liter with either four or six cylinders, obviously making it the best in its class in terms of power per weight, but it just it just didn't make it that far. It just didn't oh. make it, unfortunately. But that's the thing with these concept cars. You know, it can be the start of something beautiful or sometimes it just doesn't go any further. Yeah. Not meant to be. <laughs> it's a very short-lived story. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But one car that uh, well, survived a little bit longer than that is the BMW <laughs> Z22. Uh, back in 1999, it made an appearance um, as a concept car. Now, I think as soon as you mentioned Zed, uh, most BMW fans instantly think of kind of low riding roadsters. But there is an exception to that rule. Um, and that is to the famous BMW naming logic, the BMW Z22. Uh, this was a kind of nifty, futuristic, very concepty four door. And it actually looks much closer to a two series active tourer than any other roadster. But... If you get inside the car, well, the Z22 tells a very different story. Um, it was actually developed to celebrate the 15th anniversary of BMW Technic. Um, and the Z22 was, it was kind of a real life study in feasibility. It was basically designed as a demonstration of BMW innovation for the public. And kind of a bit of a test vessel for the future and what these kind of cars could be capable of. Um, but it was given the Z designation because that was the marker that was given to all Technic projects that were then presented to the public. So that's where the Z designation um, originates from. Now, this particular car was packed full, as you can imagine, with electronic and digital experiments that were really way ahead of their time. You know, you just didn't have that kind of stuff going on under the bonnet in cars back in 1999. So it really was um, ahead of its time. It had a digital dashboard, you know, which no one could really get their head around at the time because it was like, <laughs> why would you want a digital dashboard? It had things like electronic steering and braking, a monitor that replaced the rear view mirror. Again, this is in 1999. That's amazing. Um, what else did it have? A stepless automatic gearbox, head up display, a head up display. Come on. Wow. <laughs> you know, only the sort of fancy cars come with that today. <laughs> it had side cameras, you know, it really the Z22 had it all. But one of the most remarkable and radical additions was a rectangular and interactive steering wheel. Yes, there you what? go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it also had this kind of stripped down and really minimalistic interior design. That steering wheel, it isn't actually too far from the hexagonal steering wheel and that sort of reduced cockpit design that we already see at the moment in the iX hitting the mm -hmm. roads today. So again, you can link what was going on in the design of concept cars back in 99 to what's happening today in 2021. Um, and I just think this is a brilliant, brilliant example of a concept car that didn't make it to mass production. However, that doesn't necessarily always matter because elements of it are being used 20 years later for something as innovative as the iX. A real inspiration, I think, that car. I think so too. I mean, I absolutely love how we're seeing in the iX 
these amazing design ideas from way back when, right? And and yeah. like you said before, with this one, it was 1999. It was something that that was groundbreaking back then. Head-up display in 99? Come on, right? <laughs> exactly, um, exactly. This is just totally groundbreaking. And it's one of those things where everyone will go, oh, that'll never catch yeah. on. Why would you need that? I don't need that. Yeah. I can just look at the road ahead of me. Why would I need a head-up display? And now, oh, I couldn't survive without my head-up exactly. display. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So everybody, listen up when you're a little bit skeptical. Like, I don't need that. Yeah. What's that about? Who knows? It might be showing up in the next car of your dreams somewhere down the line. I suppose the equivalent of that would be a concept car that's launched today. We might be seeing in 20 years time in 2041. Ooh, we'll be old by then. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But actually having said that, you know, technology is moving so quick nowadays. Actually, that's probably not the case. And we see the inspiration take shape literally within years. Exactly. Hitting our roads. I mean, right now what's hitting the roads are electric cars, but segueing perfectly into the BMW E1 and the E2 BEVs, right, from 1991 to 93. This is even further back from the last one that you were talking about. And now electric cars are all over the world. But way back then, it was like, wait, what? But here's a little fun fact. Although BMW did, in fact, have a fully electric vehicle already in 1972, which was a modded 1602 called the BMW 1602E, and it was actually built as a publicity stunt for the 1997 Olympics... Wow, I didn't know that. That's amazing. So the first BMW EV was back in 1972. As a stunt, like as a joke. And now look at like all of the e-cars on, (laughs) isn't that cool, right? But most people see the 2013 i3 as the first fully electric BMW. And this is true, but it's half true. <laughs> the plot thickens. Exactly. Tell us more. Mysterious. So, premiering at the 1991 IAA car show in Frankfurt, the E1 should be considered too, and rightfully so. Only 3.46 meters long, but as wide as a regular 3 series, the E1 was notably. How do I put this nicely? Notably. Unattractive? N- notably <laughs> chunky. <laughs> Because there was just so much packed inside of it, right? (laughs) Diplomatic. It was fully electric, 32 kilowatt motor, uh, sitting on top the rear axle, top speed of 120 kilometers an hour, and 120 volt battery, delivering around 200 kilometers worth of solid range in a single charge. Amazing. I mean, this is like the early 90s. Come on. Like, this is mind-blowing. This was 91. This is an excellent charge range, right? So over the next two years... There are brand new electric cars <laughs> coming on the roads today that can't do that range. Exactly. <laughs> Get Not on... BMW cars, just to point out. <clears throat> exactly. exactly. <laughs> Other just, just pointing that out. Get on board, right? Like, this was the early 90s. And this was so ahead of its time that surely people were like, electric car? What? It was a joke in the Olympics in 72. Now it's our reality, right? So back to 1991, and for the next two years, BMW added a few second-generation E1s to the mix, including an improved BEV, a regular combustion engine-driven variant, and actually even a hybrid. So that was the E1, but let's talk about the E2. The design study, it was also introduced and presented at the 1992 Greater Los Angeles Auto Show, and the E2... It was just the answer for urban mobility and the result of pressing challenges, especially from regulations in some areas of the U.S. This is when 
back then, I was in the U.S. in the 90s. It was like, oh, my goodness, there's all this urban problems and something that is standard for us now. But that's when things were starting to really become known and there needed to be a fix to it. So the E2 was built by BMW Design Works to show BMW's vision for city life. Electric, compact, flexible to cater to small children's families, daily needs. Hmm. This sounds so familiar, kind of like the i3. Oh, yes. Right? Actually. And going back to the shape of the E1, yeah. I said unattractive, it's, but it's kind of boxy. It is chunky, yeah. which is like the i3, which yeah. I love. And I love the style of that. But yeah, actually, okay, now you mention it. Right. I definitely see that. Ah, oh, see, don't even realize it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. It's all this this influence that we're unaware of. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, well, we'll move on to our next concept car, which is the BMW AVT back in 1981. Now, if you like mystery, this concept car is for you because it's a concept car that cannot be driven. There is no interior. It's has no on-the-road descendants. And, uh, well, it sits on top of a measuring plate in the middle of a wind tunnel. <laughs> and it's actually currently subjected to measurements and photo shoots. What is this car I'm talking about? Uh, well, it is none other than the BMW AVT from 1981. Now, this is a proper futuristic concept car we're talking about. Ultra futuristic. It is not drivable. It's a proper prototype, but it has its very own role in BMW design and engineering history. Um, so it was actually originally built to kind of generate publicity. So it was a bit of a stunt car, I suppose. It was to generate publicity for the opening of BMW's new wind tunnel at the Ice Manning Ashheim test facility in 1980. Now, the AVT was created to emphasize aerodynamics to reduce fuel consumption, which is obviously something that we're talking about all the time because we're always looking at efficiency when driving. But the reason that fuel consumption was so important back then is because there was the fuel crisis in 1974 and 1979. So this was a car that was kind of here to cope with that situation mm. if we had another fuel crisis, which is really interesting. And again, the history of automotive. Then they opened this wind tunnel and BMW accelerated research and development in this area. And ultimately, the AVT was the centerpiece in all of the efforts to level aerodynamics in the BMW design. And that is why you will find the roots of its name. ABT is short for... Jonathan, do you want to help us out? Yes. <laughs> no, this is tricky for me to even say in German. The ABT is Aerodynamische Versuchsträger. <laughs> Sounds beautiful to me, like poetry. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Which I can say in English stands for Aerodynamic Test Vehicle. So it's... Yes. Uh, yeah. Sounds which, so again, much better. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> and actually, there was a full-scale model that was done by BMW Design that really worked in alignment with BMW aerodynamicists. Um, and that was this truly unique concept vehicle that has always remained really important to BMW Design and engineering history. So again, a really fascinating concept car in the history of BMW Design. 
You know, what I really like about this one is that it's not like, oh, we'll see if this works or this translates into this 20 years later. It's its own thing. It's not drivable. It's there for photo shoots. It stands for something of the future. But people didn't really understand what it was going to be. But still to this day, you go, okay, way back when that was made and look at how far we've come as well. Exactly. Yeah. And again, fuel efficiency is such an important thing. Most definitely. Most definitely. Well, last but not least, you're probably wondering who was going to make the cuts, make the list of our concept cars that you should know about. What am I talking about? Of course, the BMW Turbo from 1972. Yeah. It's like the best known concept car out there, loved by tons of people, <laughs> tons of BMW fans around the world, and for good reason. Yeah. It's absolutely mega, isn't it? And if you are listening to this and not sort of watching it alongside searching on the web, I would highly recommend you do a quick Google of this car because it looks so cool. And for 1972, I mean, this is just a beast. It was first developed by BMW designers and engineers, and it was showcased at the 72 Olympics. The turbo, it's a dream come true. I mean, gullwing doors, shark-like body daring paint job. It's got a truly sporty interior. Now, the Turbo, it was such a huge hit that BMW had to build a second vehicle to meet demands from car shows and fairs, just desperate to include the concept car in their exhibitions. Sitting behind the seats, oof, the Turbo was equipped with a 2.04 cylinder straight-piped turbo engine, delivering 280 bhp and taking it from 0 to 100 kilometers per hour in 6.6 seconds. This was 1972. Come on. As a concept Before car. Before you were definitely born. Actually true, yeah. <laughs> I was born not too far after that, actually. <clears throat> so this car could actually go much faster than I could crawl. And I was pretty good at crawling. I was pretty fast at crawling. So the turbo <laughs> was even competition for me. So as a concept and also as an idea, there's nothing like the turbo. But there are still things that spilled over to later models and actual entire series. The Turbo was the very first BMW to introduce the driver-oriented cockpit, a concept that would actually become a trademark for countless later models. And in terms of its design, I mean, it's not a stretch to say that its aggressive stance, its low center of gravity profile, and the overall expression makes it an early sibling of equally iconic M1. Oh, yeah, it really is an absolutely beautiful concept car. Gosh, I would love to have been able to drive that. That's for sure. And the fact that it just comes in such a kind of racy red color, oh, yeah. I think, epitomizes uh, what it's trying to say to its audience. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. For 1972, I mean, it made such a huge impression on everyone. And look at how still iconic it is today. And uh, what a great place to end on, right? With that amazing turbo from BMW. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to see a few more of those on our roads today, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of wraps up our summary of BMW's greatest concept cars from over the decades. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Changing Lanes. Yes, and if you enjoyed this episode about concept cars, please make sure you subscribe to our podcast for future episodes as well. And to dive deeper into all things BMW, head on over to BMW.com. There is plenty more to learn. I'm Jonathan Tilly. I'm Nikki Shields. And this has been Changing Lanes. And we'll see you next time.